Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Welcome to the very latest edition of the Premier View Tipperary GAA podcast. Don't forget to give us a follow if you haven't done so already on Twitter. We are at Premier View Pod. On Facebook, our page is the Premier View Podcast and on Instagram, where we are Premier View Podcast. We have up-to-the-minute news on all things Tip GAA across all our socials, plus the odd giveaway, so don't miss out. If you're a Spotify listener, don't forget to hit follow and also hit the bell so that you never miss a podcast episode. We are now delighted to introduce our new sponsor, Orga Retro. Go retro with orgaretro.com. Specialists in County Retro Style Clothing. Hello and welcome to the Premier Group Podcast, episode number 101. Today I'm your host, Kevin Ryan, and I'm joined by Colin Purcell and Stephen Cronin. Hopefully a couple of the other lads will be joining us in a while there. We've plenty to discuss now, not least how we made it 100 episodes without getting sued by anyone. We're still waiting for the check from Michael D. Higgins for hitting the 100, but we're on 101 today. Unfortunately, lads, it's not good news we start with, having lost uh, a league semi-final against Limerick at the weekend. Colm, from you first, plenty to discuss about that game. You know, is it green shoots for Tipperary or, you know, are you, are you quite pessimistic about the year ahead now? Funny, Kevin, I think if you'd come to me and asked me the question five minutes after the game has ended, I might have given you a different answer than the one I'm going to give you now because, you know, you get caught up in the game and you're you're disappointed at the end of it. And you're angry and you're there's a whole range of emotions flooding through your body. But I suppose two or three days on now to, to think about it, I suppose I've, I've probably gained a little bit more perspective on where we are and what happened. I mean, first of all, <clears throat> like Limerick are one of the, you know, they're certainly one of the best teams of my generation anyway. You know, they're up there with the Kilkenny team from the early noughties into the mid noughties. You know, they're they're a serious outfit and we have to we have to take our hats off to them. I suppose the the, the disappointing thing for me in one sense was that we kind of we've seen all this before, you know, a really good rousing first half and then go in at half time, you know, a couple of points up or level or whatever, and then come out in the second half. And it was just like watching 
It's like watching a repeat of a bad TV program. You just knew what was going to happen, and it happened. You know, and we we would have, you know, I would have almost preferred if 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 we were going to lose that we would have lost in a different way than the way we lost. You know, if we were, you know, level with five minutes to go and lost by a point or lost by two points, you know, that might have been a little bit easier for me to take at the time. But I suppose, you know, there's been plenty of positives out of the league. There was plenty of positives, particularly in the first half on on Saturday night. Um, you know, Liam Callis found a few players definitely in the league. They came to the fore again on Saturday night. I thought Brian O'Mara played well. Gerard O'Connor was very good. Alan Tynan probably gave, you know, his best performance in the Tipperary jersey and was a real plus for us. You know, he was up and down the field, got three or four points. You know, I, I thought did very well. I thought Michael Breen did, did quite well at fullback as well. I think, you know, he's been a guy that we're almost waiting for. You know, people are, are waiting for, for, for an accident to happen around there. And I thought, I thought he did very well. So, as I said, I, Afterwards, I was probably a little bit, a little bit more downbeat than I am now. I'm now taking taking the positives. I still think there's a lot of work to be done, but you know, nobody, I think, being realistic about this, and this is always a problem and tip. I think Kevin and, and yourself and Stephen have noticed as well that every year there's a, a high proportion of us that go in thinking we're going to win the All Ireland or that we should be winning the All Ireland. I think if if there was any any doubt about that, that it was put to bed on Saturday night. We're, we're, we're not all Ireland contenders yet. We might be all Ireland contenders in a few years. I think we will be, but you know the green shoots. The green shoots of recovery, I think, have started, and you know the players and the management and everybody you'd hope would learn a lot from Saturday night. And I'll just finish by saying I think we're probably you know we only have to beat Limerick once this year. That's in a hopefully in a knockout game. The time to beat them wasn't on Saturday night. You know if we can learn enough from Saturday night and move forward with it. And, you know, we will get a chance again, hopefully later on in the summer to play him. And maybe then we will be able to use the, the learnings from Saturday night and, and get a victory over them. Yes, yeah, Stephen, plenty of food for thought there uh, from Colin. You know, we had tip probably mix the good and the bad there on Saturday night. Plenty of positives, a few negatives, maybe kind of, you know, not creating a lot of goal chances. He says, you know, you're not going to beat Limerick maybe two or three times. Probably if we met him in the, or when we do meet him in the round robin, we probably won't even beat him there, depending on, you know, how much they, they need to win and all the rest of it. Um, Your thoughts, I suppose, on Saturday night, would you kind of agree with Colin? It's, it's definitely a case of the glass being half full. Oh, absolutely. Um, <clears throat> I think, like, if you look at this Limerick team, they're on the road now with a, with a long time. Like, you know, the disciplinary team is not going to get to that level of fitness, that level of of staying power for a while yet. You know, like there, there's always going to be, like when they come up against Limerick, there's always going to be a tiredness that will set in that's not setting in in the Limerick team, let's say, you know, at, at certain points. um, I think that to get to get to that level of fitness and aggression in, in, in the game, it's going to take a year minimum, you know. Uh, but for me, the performance on the day it wasn't just uh, throw the kitchen sink at it kind of a type and then fade it out to the end. We played excellent hurling. And like under under severe pressure, we still played the game we're trying to play all um all league, you know, and that was I think that's a huge positive. We didn't just go out and throw the sin- kitchen sink at it, hope for the best. It wasn't off the cuff hurling, it wasn't just instinctive fifteen, go out there and hurl away. There was a game plan, there was a design to it, there was a method to it. We're just this team under this management is just a little bit behind the fitness levels required to stay playing that game for the same length of time that Limerick are playing it. 
they're but fantastic. Do you think look it's at, just fitness levels now at this stage? I know, like, like, like it's, it's sorry, probably, I, you know, the, the second half fade out, but is it just is that a bit of us maybe just not matching Limericks when they raised that we couldn't go with them? I, I look, maybe, maybe I'm a bit a little bit biased, but I, I'm not using it as an excuse and saying, oh, fitness levels, the, the fitness coach is not good enough. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is they're doing a fantastic job. It's just going, there's building blocks. Like we're only, what are we now, March? We're three months into the new year. I know the boys probably have been training since before Christmas. So we're barely six months old. I like, I even where we are now, let's remove Limerick from the equation. We're not going to be all Ireland fit for a long time yet. You know, not three months in. And look, we just happened to come up against the Limerick team who, who played who played their best game of the year as well. That has to be said. They were brilliant. Like giving their credit, all that kind of stuff. They were phenomenal. Like they never dropped the intensity levels throughout the whole game. But I think what we're doing is definitely on the right road. Um I think we we for the the, the saying I heard the saying last week, horses for courses. And I think coming against Limerick, we probably have to look at that a little bit more. You know, you can't have 14 lads, 13 or 14 lads absolutely killing themselves, bursting, the bu- bursting their lungs to get to a Limerick player and one or two not quite at it. Like, if you're not bringing the best parts of your game, if if you're not up to it physically, then it's you're, you're a passenger. You know, I, I think we're definitely on the right road. It'll take a while to get to those levels of fitness. You know, we're, it's a brand new management team. There's new, there's new players after coming in. You know, there's a few older lads. Like we, we, we we'd hoped to be over the the hangover from missing party last year. Uh, uh, Brendan the year before. New lads now are starting to really put their hand up, and I think that's a. Uh, I I think this year so far has been a huge positive, and that performance bar where we got tired, I think was a. It, it should give the Tipperary public a real uh, boost of confidence there going into championship. Yeah, and I suppose, Colin, you mentioned, I suppose, a couple of boulders, if you want, in particular, Alan Tynan, who's probably, you could say, hasn't quite come from nowhere, but will certainly be, you know, I think a championship fixture now in a few weeks' time versus Clare. And he's definitely one one find. Look, looking at the forwards, like, you know, kind of the lads that are, set, the lads that are settled there, maybe as, as Jay kind of done, a, done enough for you, really maybe to nail it down, would you be looking at Bonner full forward maybe as well? Or do you think that... Maybe the the profile of that full forward line in particular needs to be a bit different come come championship time. Yeah, I think I think I think Stephen mentioned horses for courses there, Kevin, and I'm of the opinion that playing against Limerick is probably not where you're going to get the optimum out of Jake Morris. To be honest with you, I think he's probably not. You know, and and that's just you know the chap obviously has plenty of talent, and maybe his game isn't around coming up against a, a team like Limerick. Now, our next game was against Clare, and I think the Clare backline will offer a different challenge to the one that the Limerick backline offers. So I wouldn't be I wouldn't be sure about dropping Jake based on what happened on Saturday night. I'd be certainly questioning when we play Limerick again whether or not I'd be playing Jake. Bonner, I mean, look, we all love Bonner, Bonner Mar. Bonner Mar, you know, without using all the cliches in the book, oh, Tipperary hurling nothing. Was he good on Saturday night? No, he wasn't. He wasn't good, and there's no other way of saying it. But he wasn't the only one. I mean, I think there's a few, I, I think I said it in the WhatsApp group on Saturday night, there's a few sacred cows on the team as well who I I, I thought had, you know, poor games. I, I thought our, our two wing backs struggled, to be honest with you. I think, 
you know, Ronan's shooting has been yeah. questioned before by people. I think it has to be questioned again. I mean, I was I was very unhappy to say the least on Saturday night when he drove those couple of balls wide, particularly when you see what Dermot Burns is doing on the other side for Limerick and that, you know, that and against Limerick as well, one way maybe to draw them out a little bit because it was it was obvious what they did at the, at the start of the second half. Limerick flooded that middle third middle third of the field. You know, they put up almost a, a green wall there that we couldn't get through. And the only way around it is to go over it. Like, and if we were able to get a shoot a few points from long range, that might have drew them out a little bit. But any of the chances that we got, we we you know, Ronan had two two bad wides. Didn't think Dan had a great game at wing back. So to go back to your question about forwards, maybe Dan might, you know, we might be looking at Dan maybe for centre fielder back into the forwards again. Um, people were saying, would Shamey have made a difference? I'm not sure if he would. Like the couple of games I've seen Shamey playing this year, you know, he he hasn't been out in front of his man. You know, I think against Limerick, you've got to be playing him from the front. You can't be waiting behind to see if a ball is going to drop in or not. So, you know, I think I'm not sure if it, if it would have been the game either for him. I was surprised not to see Connor Bow or Sean Ryan, to be honest with you, get a run, Kevin. I, I thought one small thing I thought in the second half, I thought maybe we were a little bit slow to make substitutions. I thought first 10 or 15 minutes of the second half, again, I was saying to people, Jesus, you know, bring in a bit of fresh legs, you know, kill the game a little bit. You know, it was, it, it, as I said earlier on, it was there was an inevitability almost about what was happening. And just maybe to touch on Stephen's point, and I don't often disagree with that that Stephen says, but I'm not, I'm not necessarily disagreeing with him here. But one thing, again, if you go back to the Kilkenny game and the Watford game in the league, it was after half time as well that we started to struggle in both of those games. You know, if you think back on it, you know, and, you know, we built up a very healthy lead against Kilkenny and they couldn't rein us in. And against Waterford, although the tide was probably starting to turn by the time um, was it Jamie Barron got sent off, you, you know, Waterford had, had, put, had put the squeeze on us just after half time as well. And I don't think that can be down to fitness. I really don't. I think there's maybe a mental or a structural thing in the team that possibly has to, has to be looked at. And the last thing, and I'm probably talking too much here, but the last thing just as well, just to get off my chest maybe, I, would anybody think that the, you know, the, the performance of Tip on Saturday night, not only was it you know, similar enough to a lot of the performances we've had against Limerick in the last few years, as we all know, but it was very much like a Liam Cal waterford performance, you know, that matched them or threw the kitchen sink at them for the first 20 minutes like they did in 2020 in the final or whatever it was, and then, you know, f- faded out of it. So I think... You know, we probably you probably need a couple of game plans, Kevin, to beat Limerick. And I think that the game plan we had in the first half got us so far, but maybe in the second half we needed to be looking at something else. And maybe maybe they were holding something back. I don't know. Yeah, it's like, re- I said just like it's it's like the um, Jimmy McGuinness quote on how to beat the Dubs. Uh, put it in the podcast group. It's like you need five game plans, and you need to be able to implement them at the same time. In, in, in concert with each other. You need to be looking at so many different elements. You mentioned Burns kind of shooting. You need to you need to probably pin him back. You need to get your matchups right. And then there's so they have so many options like dropping Tom Marcy back uh was you know in, in, in this league game. It just there's, there's so they have so many ways to hurt you. Obviously I think I think Keen Lynch got some was in for some rough treatment and it was rough and fair treatment I think. But like, you know but I think to try and stop him but you know he just by the end of the game, I think he just came more and more into it, didn't he? And like they're they're just able to think on their feet so much that you are right, Colin. That you you have to even if going well to and Tip had scored sixteen points, I think at halftime 
you just need to be able to draw a line under performance and maybe say that look we need to do something different here in the the second half. I think even at the towards the end of that half, first half, and uh, then Limerick were showing signs of getting back again, getting to grips. And I think it was, uh, I think it was Hannon at the end of it, uh, at the end of the game being interviewed. He said like you know the kind of John and Paul Canard they gave him a few nuggets. They said at halftime, so I don't think there was, you know, any paint being taken off the walls inside the Limerick dressing room. But it's more that kind of methodical where to find space or what to do differently. So I think maybe tip out. I wonder, do we need to be kind of bringing something in like, like that? And the last thing I'll say before kind of throwing up to Stephen would be like, you know, should there be more of a focus on the goals, particularly in the second half when we looked like our, our points going ratio was kind of slowing, slowing up a lot like so? Yeah, it's a hard one to, it's a hard one to call. You'd love to be able to say we we went out with a game plan. Let's tap that ball over the bar. That's, you know, the hand we're showing, let's say. Like that's, this, this is me just being biased and hopeful. Um, but like we have we have to remember as well, we're trying to play a new game, and there's an awful lot of run involved to like to be to be creating the space to receive the ball to be supporting. Like Limerick have perfected the the movement in possession, they've perfected the movement out of possession, but also as well where they're ahead of everyone else's, their delivery and ball retention is second to none. You know these things make a massive difference. Like, and I, I think Tipper, Tipper getting there, like, you know, but we're, it is hard to put your finger on it because as, as, as I said, we probably need five different uh, game plans, idea, like heaps of ideas. And you know what I mean? We all have our own opinions and, but only Liam and his management team, you'd be hoping after the other night, they'd be, they'd be back to the drawing board, right? We're going to try something different here. Like, be, you know, I'd, it still gives me confidence after after the weekend that we can act, we we can like we did not perform last year. We did not perform at any stage. That that game against Limerick down in Limerick last year was that's just let's throw kitchen sink at us. You know, nobody's given a chance. Let's go let's go balls out. You know, this was this this week, this was a structured performance. It was tactical, it was designed. We just couldn't keep up the pace of it, you know, and I think that will make a major difference as we, as we go further on into the year. And, um, you know, I, I'd be confident, I'd be, I'd be confident that, that these lads can deliver under pressure and outcome championship in, in Munster. What the, you know, and that success, obviously for you, Stephen, would be getting out of the group, getting out of Munster. I, I, I won't say it's a success, it's a minimum requirement for Tipperary. Like, I know we've been in a bad place last year, but I've said it even last year when, I, when we spoke about there's hurlers, there'll always be hurlers in Tipperary. They have to be prepared right, uh, physically and mentally. And I, the, we're, we're, we're a long way down that road. Minimum required is getting out of Munster. Now, I don't think we're going to get into meltdown mode if, if the worst case happens and we don't, but as long as we don't collapse like last year, we like. I don't even want to be saying the words get not getting out of monster. I think minimum requirement is getting out of monster, and then big open spaces. Hopefully, if we can, if we can head to Dublin this year, you know, I, I like. I don't think many other teams will fancy meeting us if we can get into the knockout stages. That is, yeah, you know, I'd agree that there's been definite growth. Monster is such a dogfight. I mean, one slip, you know that. Clear game is now looming large into view, and we do want to leave the league in the Limerick game just yet. But you know that's looming large into view now. Like you know, for I think it's 
three, three or four weeks now, and it's just such a crucial game in that you yeah. get to win there. I mean, you're, you're, it's just such an advantage if you lose. Your, I know yeah. we're not playing the second round or whatever, but like it's 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 panic stations because it's almost knockout hurling straight away. Then with knowing that you have to play, play, play Limerick still as well. I mean, like looking at the championship team, looking at Saturday night, then. And he, you know, like John McGrath, you mentioned kind of Mark Hewell as, as well. And either you want to kind of come in on this. What they say is that you need 12 or 13 of your championship starting teams likely to start your last league game. Do you think there was enough from that starting 15? And do you think that maybe like a John McGrath or, or whatnot, even a Brian McGrath is kind of fit again? Maybe a Seamus Kennedy back to wing back? Or are there any kind of switches that Liam Cal will have in mind after Saturday night? Uh, it's, just, it's a hard one I think that there's a lot of lads there now after putting their hands up in this league to be a starter I'd say most of his team is picked he's probably looking at Carl Barrett will he be fit and will he be ready to go he he comes in I, I don't like if he's fit and ready to go and declared good I think he comes in and that, unfortunately for the two lads that were, were deputising for the, the year that's just how it goes he's tried, trusted and proven Um, do we move further out the field uh, when you mentioned Seamus Kendi, I think to be honest, I think what Seamus Kendi is doing this year has been absolutely brilliant. You know, the work he's bringing to a half forward line, in around the middle, towards back, up, down, and and even just the the dirty, rotten stuff in a rock. I think he's he just he's been amazing up there. And I I'd be hesitant to move him back there after playing so much in the league, you know. And I think look, we finally got Brian O'Mara. Uh, back onto the panel after a bit of travelling the COVID all that kind of stuff like it you know it's and he is a phenomenal talent so it's what is it? he's probably 23 or 4 now is he but he is not experienced so it's 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 kind of like I won't say a sink or swim but let him in there let him let him develop as, as a county hurler because we know he's going to be one so there's no point in delaying I feel he's going to be a half back or centre back there's no point in delaying us leaving there then maybe is there a question mark? Does he move up to the half forward line? If we're going for, like, you know, if we're going for a bit of doggedness up there, maybe Dan and Bonner then could compliment the lads that Dan Bonner and Seamus, if you want to compliment then Noel, you'd have, you could have Jake in there, you know, you have John McGrath could make a, he's had to do well the last couple of times he came on and Jason Ford, who I think thought was fabulous the last couple of games, whatever Cal's had to do to him, it's, it's been brilliant. You know, he's like a man that's pissed off every game he plays. And, yeah, uh, we should we're, probably we're, comment on that as well, as well. Give Ford probably more credit as well. And Garrod O'Connor was kind of came in as well and been very good uh, in that Ford line. But Ford looks definitely like a man possessed. Like hopefully he can carry the form through. I mean, we yeah, probably yeah. we need that marquee forward in Tipperary. We're probably luckier than most counties in that you know we've had a string of them. You know, going from your kind of Nicky Englishes into your own Kellys. Like and you know Ford is. You know, he's, he's been around a while and Shamie Callan as well, but like he looks like he could hit that next level now, which would be absolutely wonderful for Tip Hurland. Yeah, he looks he looks like I always I would have always viewed Jason Ford as fantastic sticksman. You know, he turned on a penny, all this and that. I never would have would have said a speed star. I'm not saying he is a speed star, but he looks so quick this year. He looks so quick. Like he's it you know, a good corner forward takes he, all he needs is a yard. And he's getting them. He went to town in the first half last week, and hopefully, hopefully now we we we'll get it every game off him. Like he's going to be a marked man. He's he's probably the go-to man now for Tip up the forward line, and uh, you know whatever whatever Carl is at to do, whatever Mikey Bevan's at to do, or the management team, 
he looks like an angry man playing Holland and and it's a joy to see. Absolutely, Colm. And, and kind of like, you know what, you see the shape of Tipperary being for championship. Any any little kind of di- differences you might see from Saturday night? Yeah, well, as I said, Kevin, I mean, we, we heard lots of talk after, when, you know, it's funny when, 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 when Tip lose a game, nobody ever accuses them of maybe they lost because they weren't showing their hands. But anytime we beat a team, the other team lost. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. ...to us because they're not showing their hand. I find that, you know, I, th- I think... Opposition supporters sometimes they're just so they're so slow to give tip any little bit of credit at all that they'll just look for any reason to sort of down us. So, point I'm making here is that I, I, maybe Cal, in his own way, didn't want to show his hand on on Saturday night, and maybe that's why he didn't bring in Bo. Maybe that's why he didn't bring in um, uh, Sean Ryan. Maybe that's as Stephen said earlier, Ryan, why we didn't go for goals even in the first half when we were on top. There was a couple of times I thought where maybe they could have taken on the goal chance and they didn't. And you have to remember, it's not as if, now I know, again, we're saying Limerick are the benchmark and I'm not, I'm not saying they're not, but it's not as if we weren't scoring goals in the league. I think we were the top goal scorers in the league coming in with 14 goals scored. So it, it, it was just unusual to go from but, you know, scoring goals in every game to all of a sudden... That's what I want to focus. I was hoping that you touched that, column because is that a worry or do you think it was an intention? For me, it was just the worry. And again, I go back to... Limerick just being a step above what Tipperary have played so far in the league. And I just, for me, it was just slight worry that we didn't create one goal chance. And we have been, look, you could say, yeah, on the other hand, you know, uh, Kilkenny and Waterford in particular, we created lots of goal chances. But, you know, in when the intensity and stuff of games were, were was was maybe kind of increased that, you know, we, we didn't create a whole pile, if anything, on Saturday, particularly when we probably looked like we needed one to get back into the game. Yeah, the optimist in me, Kevin, I suppose, says that it's, you know, that it's, that we, we didn't want to, again, we're using that, didn't want to show our hand, but I suppose the realist in me is 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 concerned about it, all right, that we, you know, as you said, when it was really ratcheted up, when we really came up against, you know, the, the benchmark team that we didn't create, you know, we, we weren't in a position to create any goals. And, you know, we didn't, we didn't even have a shot on target, like really, did we? We never tested Quaid at all. And that, that, that was a worry. I think there was one ball in the first half that, Jake maybe maybe slipped and it just it, it didn't come off from him. But other than that, and I think I did I see something you know posted on social media there Monday or Tuesday. Did we have seven shots from play in the second half? On you know we, we only took seven shots at the goal or like our, our, our conversion rate or our, even our you know our, our shots at goal in the second half was was very very poor. So 
I think once Limerick, as I said, strangled us around that middle third, we really, really did struggle. And it was then I thought we needed to to change things up a bit quicker and, and look at something else. But, you know, we didn't. We're not the first team that Limerick have strangled. But Yeah, you know, it's, we it goes to... back to the old Kilkenny thing, doesn't it? The kind of just after half time is where they normally put the foot down or where the Kilkenny team and definitely this Limerick team is the same hallmarks of, of doing it. Yeah, they do. But look, I mean, to go back to your question about the team, I think, you know, we Barry Hogan's playing very well in goal. I thought he deserves a mention as well. His puckouts were excellent in the first half. I thought, in particular, in the second half, Limerick obviously one of the nuggets, as, as Stephen said, that were you said were Kylie obviously and Kinnerk. You know they shut down the Tipperary puck out in a big way, and, and we struggled then after. But I thought I thought Brian Hogan was was very. That's much a lesson, positive. I think, isn't it, Colin? It, oh, absolutely, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. Probably, look, you'd say it's a cheap lesson learned in the league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it is. And, you know, if, if we take that from it and move on, that's good. You know, at least we'll know what, what, what to expect the next time. You could probably make an argument, you know, that Ronan could go back in full back, even if it was just to stop me pulling my hair out. I'd have taken all these pot shots that are going no place. Maybe Mikey Breen could go out into the wing, but then that would be a bit unfair. And Mikey Breen, who's played really well at full back, in my opinion, for the entire league. And then we shunt him out. But, you know, you could see Ronan coming in. As Stephen said, Barrett, for me, has to come back into the corner. I think Johnny Ryan has been the better of the cornerbacks. I know he was caught a bit for the goal the other night. Um, but, you know, I, I have a slight worry about Owen Connolly's pace there in the corner. So for me, Johnny Ryan is somebody that might start. Um, I, I think yeah, the, the two of them deserve a mention. Obviously, Barrett was, the big question mark over Kyle Barrett is just fitness. Mm. You know, and none of us, you know, get rehabbing an injury and all that. Like, if he's fit enough, he'll start. But if not, it's good to see because I am still worried about the temporary defence as a unit. That I, I think you know, come championship that um it might we might be vulnerable. I was actually very happy with the kind of full full back. Now again, Limerick, they're in their point scoring more and more so than you know, going going for goals. But um, you know, I am actually happy enough the whole Breen kind of thing. We were looking for a full back at the start of the year as probably the one thing that needed to be absolutely sorted. And I think Breen Breen has done um more than okay on that front, you know. So I think he's definitely deserves his spin in championship. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think if we look at it, I know Limerick are a point scoring team, like, but like we were fairly solid ourselves at the full back line. Like, I probably young Ryan probably might have, you know, with a little bit of experience, he won't get caught with a man behind him again, you know, or he could have got the hurry to. But they just created. They never really threatened us either, like you know, um. I'd say maybe we're being a little bit harsh on our team. I know we scored, we uh, conceded a, a, a high points total, but they only scored one goal more than us. And I think it's going to be very important in championship, come championship, when the time comes that we face him again. I know he, uh, he drives you mad, uh, Colin, but I think Ronan Mar shooting from long range is going to be is going to be important. I think we need to find a way of getting getting the shooting boots on again, like you know just. One or two points from from a half back there can bring back out the half forwards, you know, not to be leaving them free. And I I think if the half back line in midfield, like Alan Tynan there scored four points from play, I think. So when he's scoring points from play, like his man, his his immediate backup has to be thinking like I, I need to get close to this lad. So like a couple of long range points, if we can find our shooting boots, you know, it might bring back that Limerick half forward and back to our backs, you know, uh, thus not having such a crowded middle third. You know, like I, I think our backline did okay, and for me, Breen stays there. You know, I think he's a big, strong, mobile man, and he's only going to get better learning. You know, 
I, I'm a fan of Ronan in the half back line. I think he's he's a he's a he's a very good attacking option for us when when on the ball. His shots shots could be a little bit frustrating, but I think a little bit more training, a little bit more time spent on, on folks and that could could benefit Tipperary in the long run. Yeah, absolutely. And then looking at, I suppose, midfield then, I think um, Conor Stake and probably one of his quieter games on Saturday evening. But again, you're in you're in the midst of the battlefield there um, to give you a def- definite starter on championship time. I know some of the lads kind of think maybe kind of he could do a job going forward as well. Uh, for me, he's a starter. I think he's, I think, for me, he was a shoe in a midfield before Alan Tynan's performance at the weekend. And I think Alan Tynan then has has exploded, you know, just probably you're probably going into the first round championship, you're thinking you can't not start him there. I think it may feel as very unforgiving that if you're not scoring points, it looks like you've been really quiet. But you have to be there supporting your defenders. You have to be up supporting your attackers. You have to be there kicking the ball when it's in a ruck. You know, you mightn't puck you mightn't necessarily puck much ball or you mightn't but you have to be there working all the time. And he brings you great energy, great working and it Look, it's probably one of his quieter games in the last year and a half. That tells you how how important he's had to become in uh, for Tip. Yeah, definitely, and I think Noel was Noel for for some of uh, Saturday night as well. So I think he's an, another starter, obviously captain. I wouldn't expect him to finish a lot of games, maybe. Um, you know, in ter- in terms of kind of like get, getting the subs on, as, as Colin said there. Uh, going forward, obviously the Seamus Kennedy. I don't know, can he still call it an experiment? But He'll be either in forwards or backs, and that might condition, I suppose, that'll depend on, you know, Garrod O'Connor, Connor Bow, like those kind of players to come into then John John McGrath, and then we've our, our finishers inside. So there's definitely, I think, you know, maybe it's outside of this league. We were looking at six or seven, probably like nailed on starters. And you know, you could have actually say now we're at 12 13, which is I think where we need to be. I suppose that's look, we have to kind of before we finish up. Looking, you know, actually just acknowledge of how good this limit machine is. I think you know, there's the whole recency bias in, you know, like the, every team that kind of goes on a run is the best ever and all that. Like you know, you have your Messi's, Ronaldo's, and all that kind of stuff, and you have your, you have your dubs. But like you know, I read an era if they keep on doing what they're doing. I think we're, I think Colin, you mentioned it there already that you know they are in the conversation. Uh, you know, if they do the five in a row, then you know they'll. There's no denying it that this this uh, Limerick team is right up there with the very best that has played the game. I'm just curious as well. I know Enda's with us now, Kevin. Enda, just I'd be curious, like what what the body language of the Tipperary dressing room was afterwards. And I don't know if you get a chance to speak to any of the players or management afterwards. Did did you did you feel there was a you know a, a quiet satisfaction, or were they devastated with to, to lose, or what, what what way did you read it yourself afterwards? Couldn't tell you now, Colm. I was a supporter Saturday night. Uh, my friend from the Nationalist was down covering it, so I wasn't talking to him. But um, just I, 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 I can imagine that. Um, look, I think Cattles built a good bit of unity in that group, and I think look, we don't know the conversations going on in the background, but they will have known coming into that game that there was a high possibility of losing it. Um, obviously, the frustrating part is that we've lost the game in the same way we've lost the last. Oh, geez, so umpteen matches against Limerick starting very well and then letting it slip. But just the difference is that when Limerick get into their purple patches, they absolutely bombard you. Um, whereas when we get into where we only had a four point lead, but what, what was the turnaround in the second half? This 
I scored what was it one one twelve one thirteen or one thirteen one thirteen to or one 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 fifteen. That was a massive flag. They bet us in the third quarter, and but to be honest with you, I, I, game smacked of even when when we were starting to lose the match, and you could sense it when they went two or three points up, you just knew that it was game over. But I think there was from about 55, 56 minutes on. Yeah. The, well, yeah. I think they stretched to nine points, maybe, and Tip brought it back a bit. But the game was essentially over as a contest. It was. And they just drained out of within. We only used four subs. We only used four subs. And it just looked to me that Cal was like, this is a sink or swim moment. See what you can do, lads, up against this. It's got might happen come championship. That there's going to be purple patches against you where teams get up ahead of steam. See how you react. Um, but look, I think. Realistically, we're all disappointed as tip supporters. We don't want to be losing to Limerick any more than we have to. Um, but at the end of the day, they're they're unbelievably good. And um, I think the thing the thing is that they're going to have to respond to it. And I think Cattle will have them will have them primed. And I think I think he knows. I think the players knew as well that there was the strong possibility of going to lose the game. But it's how you're going to react. And in fairness, mm. it's not the same. Even the 2021 Munster final, when they got the run up on us, we completely capitulated and we stopped hurling altogether. Whereas, you know, we dragged it back and we only ended up by losing by six points. Um, look, that's disappointing when we were four points up at half time, but I think I think they stayed going all right. Um, I don't think it'll derail them too much. The, the concentration for the players over the last few weeks leading into this match has been April 23rd. And, and look, there's no look. I know every every crowd and all that. There's no doubt though. Having a league final on the the ninth of April, or whatever it is, Easter Sunday, wouldn't be ideal prep for championship, which would be just two weeks later. So you'd have one weekend after that. So you know you now all focus is on Clare on the twenty second. And we had a good chat about, I suppose, yeah. the team fought there. Now, like, what would you you know kind of what do you think yourself about that game? How would you approach it? Bar it's definitely a must win, but who has impressed you in the league to kind of warrant a start? And Well, I think we won't be far off the team that started against uh, Limerick. Obviously, a throwback in Carl Barrett. Um, shame you won't be ready for it, you'd imagine. Um, other than that, look, I think I'd start Conor Bow. Um, if that was a championship match, I'm convinced Conor Bow starts. Um, you're a big you're a big Conor Bow fan. I am a big Conor Bow fan. Um Bonner, he was very good against Waterford. Jeez, nothing went right for him the last day. He got a few balls in there and nothing stuck, but he worked hard, obviously. But I, I other than other than Barrett coming in and Connor Bow, I don't see too many changes. I think that midfield's nailed on. I think the back line is pretty much nailed on. You take out Connolly for Barrett. Um, I think Jake very frustrating again that he couldn't back it up after having a good game against Waterford. Um his first touch just has to improve. It's he's he gets onto so much ball first ahead of his man, but his first touch always, always lets him down. And he's always he's always given up two, three yards every time he gets to the ball first, and his man has time to come back around on him. And he needs to sharpen up the the shooting off of his left. Like that point he missed there, there at the end of the first half was probably too good to leave on the bench, does it? Too you good know, for to this because of the because yeah. of his potential. Yeah, too good to leave on the bench. I'd, I'd be starting him as well. So really, other than that, I'd be starting Conor Bowen Barrett. Um, Seamus Kennedy, I'd st- I'd still stick with him wing forward. Um, although Dan, Dan McCormick didn't really go too well wing back, but 
Um, now with the absence yeah, of might be in the minority there, but I'd swap. There, Shane, swap. I know. We, again, some saying the revelation and that kind of the forwards, but I just I'd be a bit more worried about us in defence rather than attack. But you have that capacity to change them, Kevin, in game. Yeah, yeah. It'll be seamless between them because the two of them know how to play both positions. Um, and realistically, a wing back and a wing forward is there that much yeah. difference <laughs> between them these days? Like, it's it's a game that's quickly turned into football, as because five or six years ago, you say a wing forward and a wing back. What's the difference in football? Because they're all around the same sector of the field. So, and that's um, just it. Maybe that's you know, like we saw a good game of hurling. I think is generally accepted on Saturday night. Sunday, on the other hand, you know, our friends in Kilkenny and Cork played out an old Dower game. I think it just never really got going. Um, I don't know if any caught, caught this one, but it just seemed to be everything that was bad about the modern game. Like, you know, just kind of no intensity, almost the free scoring contest, like a, a stage is a, a stupid sending off then for Cork uh, might have repercussions come championship and a, a lack of general excitement, I'd say. Very poor stuff. Yep. Very poor stuff. Um, in fairness to Kilkenny, I, I kind of touted them to win it um, in the last pod and they just looked like a team that wanted it a bit more and a really good player there in Billy Drennan. Um, I know he didn't score too much from play but he was involved in an awful amount, scored some lovely frees. He's, that's another situation of, if TJ, TJ, obviously TJ is going to come back. They leave Drennan on the freeds if he's hitting them that well, just to give him that bit of confidence. DJ doesn't really need to be hitting them, although like he's a ninety percent to himself. Mm. Um, but it's just typical Cork, isn't it? After the league campaign they've had, after Kevin, Kevin and I talking Cork up a little bit last weekend, and Stephen yeah. as well, we kind of said that you know maybe their time has come. Like, look, <laughs> Kevin is right. It was, it was, yeah. it was, it was, it was a, very, it was a poor game. It was a hard watch at times. Um, just one thing struck me about it though was. And again, like you, you, you don't want to be making excuses for teams, but did Cork really want to play Limerick in the league final? You know, we said the tip didn't want to maybe play in the league final. You know, we're, you know, I'm not saying we're saying that, but you know, you could spin that argument that a couple of weeks before mm. the Clare game, do you really want to play? Did did Cork really need to play Limerick again? They beat them the last time they played them. Did they want to go in and risk getting a trimming off Limerick in a league final? I don't think they did. Kilkenny, I think play. Is it Leash or? I don't know, yeah, Westmead or somebody. Yeah, it's a completely different run-in for, for Kilkenny. The, the game against Emmerich will do them, them absolutely no harm. And I know I've used this before about Kilkenny and friends of mine are sick of me saying it. I'm sure anybody foolish enough to be listening to me is sick of say, me saying it. But <laughs> what I admire about Kilkenny, lads, is that no matter, you know, we're saying it's a poor Kilkenny. No, that's not fair to say it's a poor Kilkenny team, but it's not a vintage Kilkenny team. And Kilkenny lads will tell you that themselves. But they stay relevant the whole time. They were in the All-Ireland final last year. They're in the league final this year. They win a Leinster championship, was it last year? You know, they, they, they do what we... You know, I know, I, I know what you're going to say. Leinster's a lot easier. I accept that. But they don't drop off cliff the way we, we seem to drop off mm-hmm. a cliff at times. And, you know... It pains me to say it, but I've nothing but admiration for them in a way. They've dug that out again on Sunday. I know it was a crap game, but, you know, once you're getting the win, who cares? It's, you know, you're in a national final again. So I'd give them a bit of credit for that, to be fair now. Yeah, and as as you said, like, you know, it will be interesting to see how Derek Ling approaches that final. As in, he was on the outside looking in at when Kilkenny ran, you know, Limerick as, as close as anyone did last year in the All-Ireland final. So, you know, how 
what kind of he brings to kind of like I'm picking this this Limerick lock. Um, as I said, as I said, kind of said, it'll be interesting how he re- reintegrates kind of TJ into that team as well. They got a they they have a nice kind of selection of of forwards there that they're brewing as well. So yeah, it, it has the kind of hallmarks of an interesting league final at least uh, set for Cork now as well because the tip footballers have have sample booked uh, against Waterford. I think it's sold out, but anyone. <laughs> Just um, I just want to make a quick point on Cork there. What Colin touched on about, uh, you know, do they want to play Limerick? If it was any against any other team, maybe Clare or Watford or someone, I'd say yeah, maybe you're right. But Cork just cannot do physical hurling. You know, they're going to be beaten the battle every single time. They invented the running game back in the noughties, and they've forgot all about that. Hurling is hitting as well. You know, there's no, there's no. The, the little skirmish there, you see the red cards that I'd got. It wasn't even, it wasn't even worth it. If you get, if 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 you get what I'm under, uh, if you understand what I'm trying to say, there's no real aggression, no real physicality. You, you don't feel like a Corkman is going to put the Kenny lad out over sideline with a shoulder. It's just Cork did everything they could to win that game, and they just weren't able to to meet match the physicality of Kilkenny. And I think that's where Kilkenny will always stay relevant. On on Colm's point. They, their their fitness levels are brilliant. Their aggression levels and their work rate is brilliant. And they, while this team is constantly compared to the great Kilkenny team but back then, they're good hurlers too, like, you know. And uh, last year they came within two points of Limerick and all the final. And it was clear as day, Cody had no game plan, only just to lump it up forward, suited Limerick back. Had they a game plan that they were able to execute, they could have snatched an L All-Ireland, you know. So, like... I, all, back to Limerick although they are a phenomenal team and brilliant you know matching them physically and, and fitness and aggression like Tip did back in 2009 and 10 with Kenny, matching them at that level first will allow the Hurland to take over and then you know if you can't match them at their fitness levels then you won't win the game bring you know, a bit of Hurland, mayhem bring yeah, a bit of mayhem in that bit of craziness maybe you have to start a row at, at Five minutes into the second half, maybe, maybe someone has to take off the helmet and roll around the ground for 20 minutes. Yeah, <laughs> you know? all part of the modern game. <laughs> Everyone else is doing it, we'll have to do it. Yeah, so like, folks, we'll be back in a couple of weeks with a, with a championship preview. You know, things will be a, a lot clearer then. It's definitely like you know, a monster championship to be looking forward to. For now, the league is done. Uh, league, league, league finals are to be played. We're back in club action this weekend with the second round of the county league. So you know, games around games around the county there now. So um, you know, you know, get get to game if you can. Thanks very much, lads. Best of luck to you. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks, Thanks very much, lads. Talk to you soon.
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 